rolling I'm not mistaken, we all came into this room and gave you a golden shower. Well, you know what? Where's my golden shower safe? Are we talking the office again? Hell yeah. <laughs> it's good to be back, T. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How'd surgery go? Post-surgery? I think we should have an, a surgery episode or some type of healthcare episode, and I can detail all the gruesome details of my torn labrum. All right, sounds good. We'll get into it soon. I'm back in Pennsylvania. Not happy about it, but that's about it. Lackawanna County. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk The Office, Season 5. What's going on? Let's get into it. We're going to do our normal shtick, and perhaps you need to plug CTS at Terry Twitter stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. As always, you can get at us on Twitter at CTS Terry or by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You may also search for the Catch the Sky podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Boom. We love you, especially our friends out in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. We got fans in Abu Dhabi. All right. <laughs> so in season five... Jim and Pam get engaged. In the second episode, right? Right off the bat. And we find out Pam weighs 126 pounds. You sure it's not 226? Well, math is hard. So. <laughs> and especially hard when you're being hazed and everybody thinks you're retarded. So that's right. Bonus there. We're introduced to Holly. Actually, Holly came in in the very last episode of the fourth season. But her and Michael. Goodbye, Toby. Goodbye, Toby. Toby. <laughs> so her and Michael really do hit it off, though, in the beginning of this season. They're pretty nerdy. Absolutely. But it's always a, it's a struggle to watch these two. It's like they have this sexual tension between them. And it's like, hurry up and hook up already. But it takes forever and they drag it out. Well, it doesn't take too long. They get into it in, what, the fourth episode? Hell yeah. That's right. <laughs> and Michael's just so upfront about it. You, you, what, you think we're going to have sex tonight? <laughs> I always find that's the best way to have to have sex with anybody. Just be upfront with your details. Like, look, are we going to bang or what? Or right. as my friend Manny taught me, are we going to hook up or what? That was my first line when I was a young man. Well, you know I'm preferential to the term bang. That's just my term. Banging's a great word. Yeah. So Michael and Holly bang in the fourth episode, and they forget to lock up afterwards, and the office gets raided, thus prompting them to have a crime aid. Bruce. Yeah. Michael puts on basically a fundraiser where a bunch of people auction off different items or a weekend at Martha's Vineyard 
courtesy of David Wallace. And, nice job, David Wallace, by the way. Right? <laughs> and it's all in an effort to recoup some of their losses. And that is in episode five. Phyllis Vance offers a hug as far as her auction item. And it goes very well. It actually does. Almost goes to Dwight. That's right. Michael offered front row tickets to a Bruce Springsteen concert with backstage passes. And, of course, he never had them to begin with. And he ripped up some Counting Crows tickets, which made no sense to me. Yeah, that was after the other guy that Holly was supposed to be seeing blew her off. What a fool. That wasn't the yoga instructor that Oscar hooked her up with, was it? I believe it was. Okay, okay. So moving on, we also have Angela and Dwight's relationship continuing, even though she is engaged to Andy now. They're still banging on the side, yes. Which begs the question, how is Angela morally, as a, as a staunch Christian woman, okay with the idea of being engaged to Andy and then sleeping with Dwight on the side? And so when asked, she responded, she has a nice comforter, a few cozy pillows, she usually reads a chapter of a book, and it's lights out by 8.30. And that's how she sleeps at night. <laughs> and I love how she pages Dwight whenever she wants to hook up. And it's usually when Andy is annoying her. Which Andy is prone to do, but he comes up with some great honeymoon ideas. I don't know which... Like, I would always love the hot air balloon. And I think the guy who did the tent also did Giuliani's tent. Yeah, and it comes with the honeymoon suite. What I love is that he later goes on these little mini honeymoons because he has non-refundable deposits. <laughs> so he's just taking like vacation days to go do the, these <laughs> things by himself later in the season. Right. <laughs> Good for you, Andy. Right. And he plays a mean banjo, which they break out this season. I was very happy about that. That's right. He did try to woo Pam with it in an earlier season, but we really get to see his skills on full display when he plays Country Home with Dwight. In German. Well, Dwight's singing in German, right? So the other big narrative this season is Ryan's return to Dunder Mifflin. He We can't get rid of Ryan. No, no. Michael wants him back. As soon as he knew that he was back in town, had to have him. So he comes back as a temp. He fills in at the secretary spot because Pam is in New York City for art school. And then and she occasionally dresses like Hitler. <laughs> and then when Pam returns, Ryan takes off to Thailand, or so we're led to believe. We later find out that he went to Fort Lauderdale. And we go through a lot of facial hair and fashion choices by Ryan, too. We're, we're, we have a goatee guy and then no goatee guy and then... Blonde hair and then no blonde hair. That's right. We later encounter him at the bowling alley when he is being recruited for the Michael Scott Paper Company. Shoe bitch. He's the shoe bitch. That's during prime selling hours, by the way, because they do get Vikram. We got Vikram. <laughs> we got Vikram. The best salesman. Where does he... They, they met at the telemarketing where Mike Michael's at his his comedy classes well mike said he was going to his comedy classes but it's when he has second job and yes that's where he met vikram huh. 
Remember, T, you and I are just talking about The Office. You don't have to spell it out for the fourth graders out there. Just just recapping for everybody that maybe missed our last episode. And anyway. Who's the, who's the moron that would listen to this and not know The Office and this point get to season five? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're just getting into it. They need our spin on it. This is going to get them more juice for season six. That's right. And if the, to me, the biggest, juiciest headline is, is Michael Scott shows that he is capable of starting his own company, even though he's completely incompetent, and takes on the titans of Dunder Mifflin. That's right. That's right. Yeah, when a new boss comes in, Michael does not approve of his methods, and it prompts him to quit. And he starts his own company, and Pam joins him. And as I mentioned just a few moments ago, Ryan and Vikram as well. Vikram only briefly, though. He doesn't even make it through his first day. So let's get into some of our favorite episodes, and we'll flesh out the Michael Scott Paper Company a little bit more later on. Sure. What are some of your favorite episodes? I'd have to say the business ethics one is probably one of my favorite episodes, just because, as we mentioned last episode, Meredith is such a character, and we get to see her at her finest in this episode, I think. She's banging suppliers. She's getting discounts. She's getting steak coupons. It's fantastic. She's getting <laughs> enough steak that she can feed the whole office. <laughs> and the company turns a blind eye to it. Times are tough. We're going through a housing crisis. And it was also Meredith admitted that during the immunity portion of the meeting where Michael admits that when he discovered YouTube, he didn't work for five straight days. Right. <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> oh, YouTube's fantastic. Oh, what Aren't else? Aren't we on YouTube? Yes, we are on YouTube. And Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and who else? I think, is it Kelly says she downloaded like 5,000 songs illegally or something? And Michael's like, who hasn't? <laughs> I was I was burning CDs when it was Napster. Right. I think I was on LimeWire. Bear share. Bear share, yep. But regardless, all very unethical. And Meredith gets to keep her job because all HR wants is Holly to complete the seminar and get the signatures. They like the yeah, discount. They like the discount. They just it's the don't steal from corporate is what they're trying to do. They're not really having a serious conversation about ethics, unlike Andy, who has taken philosophy twice and <laughs> offers the question, would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving family? And that's when Dwight hints that he's being cuckolded. Cuckolded? <laughs> he basically tells him that he's banging Angela to his face, and he doesn't believe it. <laughs> Oh, okay. See, I didn't pick up on that. Oh, okay. come on. Yeah. Okay, so that happens in business ethics. Mm-hmm. I want to get ethical, ethical. Ethical. I want to get... Let me see your body rock. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you? What are some of your favorite episodes? This is a painful one, but stress relief. And I'm not the only one out there who loves stress relief. Everybody I've ever talked to about The Office... They always, they're like, what's the episode where Dwight starts a fire? And that is the, is the most watched episode of this season of season five. And Dwight proceeds to share that smoking will save lives today. 
and he's upset that people don't understand the fire safety training. So he decides to set a live fire, somewhat controlled. He's letting off firecrackers, but scares the shit out of everybody, gives Stanley a heart attack. Angela apparently is keeping cats in the office. Oscar yeah. is in the <laughs> in the supply cabinet. <laughs> There's this total chaos erupts. And and I only I really remember this only because it was just after the Arizona Cardinals lost the Super Bowl to the Pittsburgh Steelers and it was on NBC that year and they advertised the junk out of this episode. They were like as soon as the Super Bowl ends, we're watching the office, you know, stay tuned for the office. And so this uh, this episode did help me get over the loss because it was so hilarious. But yes, and for the record, Santonio Holmes' feet were down. I truly do believe that, and the refs got the right call. Oh, noble of you. What I love in this episode is when Stanley has a heart attack, this prompts an HR meeting in New York City with Michael, David, Dwight, and I forget what his name is from HR. Yeah, who is that guy? (laughs) Oh, God, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. They mentioned his name a couple times. Corporate HR. Yeah. And then after that, they have CPR training so that everybody knows what to do in the event of an emergency. And Dwight proceeds to cut open the dummy and then put its face on like Hannibal in Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Clarice. Which prompts another HR meeting immediately. Those two meetings are hilarious. And they offer one of my favorite quotes. Actually, I, okay, truth be told, it's one of my closest friends, his favorite quote, he shared this with me, is Michael proceeds to get up and walk around the table. He was sitting next to Dwight and he goes and sits next to, stands near David and he looks out the window and he goes, ah, the city. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Michael being Michael. Right. And, and then he like says, we're going to let you off the hook here, Dwight. And David Wallace quickly says, no, that is not what's going to happen. And he looks at David. He's like, I'm not a mind reader. And it's just... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's fucking hilarious. So after all of this ineptitude, they bring in Charles Minor, who fills the shoes that were formerly filled by Jan and Ryan. And so he's Michael's direct supervisor, and he's played by Idris Elba. And Michael does not like Stringer his... Bell. Yeah, that's right, from The Wire. Michael does not like his methods, so he is prompted to quit shortly after his arrival. And this leads to the beginning of the Michael Scott Paper Company, as we mentioned earlier. It starts with episode 20, and then... Rattles off six straight episodes. Some of my favorite moments in the office are these six episodes where Michael proceeds to try his hand at starting a business, which he knows so much about, which he's detailed in detail throughout previous seasons. All the books, all the knowledge that he's obtained, all the lectures he's given. Michael can do this, and he does. He succeeds. He does succeed. So I think the Dream Team episode is one of your favorites, right? Only because it's, it's just they go visit Nana. And also Michael is a professional French toast maker. And 
Pam goes out on a limb, kind of has that moment where he's like, I'm quitting. Who's coming with me? And it's like half-baked when Jan goes with him. Who's coming with me, man? (laughs) And so Pam goes out on a limb and joins the Michael Scott Paper Company. Yeah, they get an office in the same business park, courtesy of Billy Merchant. It's a closet. With the sewage pipe running through it. Has a shower in it. I always found that handy. Just in case anybody bike to work. They can hear Toby on the phone in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that irritates the hell out of Mike. Sure. And it also smells like fish in there at some point. Only because Dwight tosses a fish up there to sabotage them. Yep. Master versus apprentice. Yeah. Mike has penguins tickets? Box seats? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, Wilkesbury Scranton penguins. Baby penguins. Oh, okay. See, I, okay. So it's a different got it. Mm. You know a little bit about that that uh underground hockey league out there. <laughs> That's the AHL. I don't think it's too underground. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> the minor league equivalent to the NHL. Okay. Is it like triple A? Yeah. Okay. I'm learning something. Yeah, there you go. Do we we shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning? (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. Let's go Rays. That's right. Devil Ray dancing. So as we proceed, the Michael Scott Paper Company is siphoning clients from Dunder Mifflin at a pretty good rate. But they cannot maintain this pace. And therefore, they're going broke. And in the episode titled Broke is another one of our favorites. And it is where Dunder Mifflin goes ahead and offers the Michael Scott Paper Company a buyout, correct? That's correct. And they're doing deliveries and they get a van, which was formerly used by the Korean church. Al Hallelujah of Scranton. (laughs) (laughs) I love that just random Korean people are just trying to get into their van. Yeah. Yeah. One does at one point, and Pam just accepts it. She does. I, I think at that point, and they, they even delve into the idea of getting the delivery person, and they're trying to crunch the numbers and realize they are going broke, yes. And real quick, can I just say something about Korea? That J.B. Choi is the first Korean-born baseball player to hit, get a hit in the World Series, and he did that yesterday for the for the Rays. So good job, right? J.B. Choi, game two. You got a hit, Betty. All right. History is being made every day. That's right. So David Wallace says, this is a crazy idea, but I think we're the best choice is to buy them out. And they decide to make them an offer. And as they walk into the office, it sets up one of my favorite quotes. I actually use this quote all the time. Well, 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 how the turntables have. And he just leaves it. <laughs> just doesn't I finish, finish it. Fucking, I know everybody finishes it, but he doesn't. And why the fuck doesn't he finish? It? <laughs> How the turntables versus the tables? It's just little genius writing like that. Yeah, I don't know if I want to give Greg Daniels credit because he was working on Parks and Rec this season. I know B.J. Novak also writes, but I know partway through he was working on Inglorious Bastards. So whoever wrote that fucking line. I love you, and I appreciate this show for stuff like this. 
Mm-hmm. So speaking of memorable quotes from this season, what are some of your other favorite quotes? So in the very beginning, there's a diet episode and they're given the opportunity to lose weight collectively. And in doing so, they would receive an additional five days off of vacation. And it prompts people to do some pretty drastic things. One of them is Kelly. She does the Beyonce diet, which for those who don't know, it is lemon juice, water, cayenne pepper, and just drinking this alone suppresses appetite. And you do that for about a week. And it's really good for flushing out toxins, specifically in the liver. You say that like you've done it before. I have done it. And I'll do it again. Sweet Jesus. I've even tried it with molasses. Oh, my God. I have a fatty liver. And any opportunity I can get to clean my liver, I will do it. And so lemon juice, very good for your microbiome and your gut. So shout out to the Beyonce diet. Although I heard Beyonce went right for fried chicken after two weeks of this diet. But I heard she'd lost an incredible amount of weight as a result. But Kelly, all about it, leads to one of my favorite moments where... You hear her coughing, practically dying. She looks like absolute hell. They make her makeup look like she's had the shit kicked out of her. And Toby looks back there. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't Toby. It was Holly. Holly looks after her. And her response is, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a whole bunch of swimsuits. And she's going to look amazing. (laughs) But it says, I don't... Like, why are we, is it society that is pushing us to look a certain way, these body image issues we have? I suppose so. That, ego, things of that nature. You eat like shit, and you still look fucking amazing with your shirt off. I am always amazed. I know. (laughs) I'm not worried about it, you know? Mind over matter. You are literally fighting the power and eating whatever you want. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the best Stanley quote from the season. That might be one of his best quotes in the fucking series. And they show a picture of Stanley when he was young and he's got the afro. Mm -hmm. Look at those biceps too. Right. He's jacked. He's doing like leg presses at his desk. He's taking the stairs. And I think in the end he loses about five pounds and he takes five days off anyway. That's right. Go Stanley. He's still fighting the man. What I think is interesting is that he throws up the fist, but when Martin Nash in the convict episode tries to give him the the black fist, the black power fist. He's not interested. Solidarity. Yeah, Stanley's not having it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is an interesting note. Speaking Speaking of Stanley, though, you put that seed in my head that he may have slept with Phyllis at some point, mm-hmm. and I do, I have been watching for that, and I'm starting to pick up on what you're laying down, but I'm still not 100% sold, just an FYI. Just remember that Phyllis asked if one-night stands count as relationships that should be disclosed to HR. I think when, when Phyllis even begs the question, what is it people like most about her? Probably her jugs. <laughs> and Phyllis does have some fantastic jugs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but we get introduced to Michael Klump in the diet episode, and that's another one of memorable. Like You have Prison Mike, and here comes Michael Klump. Oh, my oh. God. And the pictures he prints out for that presentation are timeless as well. Job of the Hut, <laughs> the Safe Huff Marshmallow Man, Elvis. 
<laughs> I like that he uses Jabba the Hutt because it relates to a Pizza the Hut reference that he uses later on when he is demonstrating his mnemonic device to remember Tony. He says, fat, job of the hut, pizza the hut, pepperoni pizza, pepperoni Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Is that where they they got under those hocks to try to lift him up on the table? (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's that's the one. That's him. And then he calls Phyllis's legs gams, which (laughs) I think is great. He's fucking great. He he has so many. <laughs> Michael's thesaurus is endless. He should have been fired years ago, but fortunately he doesn't, and the laughs keep rolling. That's for sure. I said, I said, I sit on you. <laughs> so what are some other good quotes from this season? I'm a big fan of Kelly having another golden moment where she is being questioned and challenged on her customer service satisfaction reports where both Dwight and Jim don't do very well. And we learn later that they didn't come to her American idol watch party. And it's America's got mug. talent. Is it America's got talent? That's right. Okay. The mugs look great by the way. And I believe you can purchase those on the NBC website. They are pretty awesome. So go on. And as she's being, as the truth is coming out that she did something wrong, she instantly goes, I was raped. <laughs> and they say that and, and she har- can't do that. Not again. <laughs> it harkens back to her telling Ryan that she was pregnant just to get a date. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just love Kelly for that shit. Thank you, Mindy Kaling. It's fantastic. Right. But it's, it, it isn't right. <laughs> it's twisted in some ways. <laughs> Kind of like Michael and Holly breaking up and then him coming back and saying he's engaged. That's fucked up, too. And it leads to Daryl saying he's not a big believer in therapy. But I go into my own pocket to cover his copay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daryl has one. another one of your favorite memorable quotes. And I remember you used this on our trip in Utah. Which one was that? I was about Bruce Springsteen songs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mike gave me a list of his top 10 Springsteen songs. Three of them were Huey Lewis in the News. One was Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. And my personal favorite, Short People. (laughs) 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 Oh, Michael. He's fucking great. But you can't blame Michael for everything because they take away Holly from him and then they bring back Toby. That's right. And Michael (laughs) wants to get rid of him, but David Wallace says that he cannot without cause. And this leads Michael to say, I do have cause. It's because I hate him. That's right. (laughs) I like using that (laughs) one. What you talking about, Wallace? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. So let's get into some of her favorite cameos from this season. Okay, let's do it. I think we already mentioned Idris Elba. As Charles Minor, he fills in as the vice president of Northeastern Sales or something like that. Basically, Jan's old job. He takes Jan's. Yeah, Jan and Ryan, Michael's best friend and lover. Mm -hmm. Fun note about Idris Elba is that not only was he Stringer Bell, but he was also Big Driz. That's his DJ name. He actually started DJing. 
and he's British and he loves soccer. So there's an episode where they actually play soccer and that is true. So in real life, Charles Minor, Idris Elba, huge soccer fan. I love that Jim kicks the ball and just drills Phyllis right in the fucking face. <laughs> it looked like it hurt. And for Phyllis, so they even filmed, like the way they filmed that, that looked like it hurt in real time. <laughs> right. So a couple of other cameos. We get some callbacks. We get Roy and Karen make some guest appearances. Karen's now pregnant with her husband, not a sperm machine. And Roy's working at the vitamin shop. He's got his vitamin store shirt. I would assume that's some type of paid cameo. Probably. And then there's the woman from the league, the wife in the league. She appears in the Blood Drive episode, the Valentine's Day episode. Katie Asselton is her name. That's right. So she makes a guest appearance, and I almost wanted to say she was one of my favorite cameos for this season, but I've got to give it to... Wendy McClendon Covey as Concierge Marie. How do you say it's a beautiful night? That's right. I was just such a huge fan of Reno 911 growing up that seeing her in this show just brought a huge smile to my face. I loved it. And she was so sexy in Reno 911. There was something about her that she just oozed sexuality. So the fact that Michael gets to bang her is a bonus for us. Right? Yeah, if you're a fan of both shows, <laughs> then yeah. It's almost like they just took her character from Reno 911 and made her a Canadian concierge, but kept all the sexuality. But she knows where what dry cleaners are open on Christmas Day. It's a rare talent in, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. So she's definitely my favorite cameo from this season. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go Concierge Marie as well because she's just there for one episode. I think otherwise Charles Minor, he comes back later at the company picnic and I think you told me that he comes back in the last season as well. We'll keep an eye out. Speaking of that company picnic, one of our favorite cameos was Rolf, Dwight's friend, Dwight's random friend that shows up for one fucking episode. He does show up in later seasons, <laughs> I believe. But in this season, yeah, he shows up and he's talking all this shit to Angela the whole time. But then he turns his aggression to the opposing volleyball team. He says, they're going to wipe their asses with your serves and piss all over your faces. <laughs> it's a piss fucking all over your faces. family company <laughs> picnic, dude. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> I, in Rolf's defense, the corporate team is taking it really serious and they basically kick Pam off the team, who is their star player. Right. Who played a little in playing volleyball camp most summers. Right, yeah. <laughs> Pam is a boss at volleyball. Who knew? Jim's a boss at basketball, and I'm imagining the kids that they will have will be bosses altogether. Probably not at ping pong, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, my dad is a fucking ping pong champion. And I am awful at it. So there, they said it. Good job, Dad. I'm going to challenge him <laughs> next time I'm there. Right? Bring it on. Does he have a table at the house? I told him to get one for the game room, and they insist on having one of those long dining tables that never gets used. He has a fucking so. bubble hockey machine. He doesn't have a ping pong table. Well, the bubble hockey machine technically is mine. He wanted <laughs> the foosball table. <laughs> Why is that not at your house? 
It doesn't fit. I have, I have zero room. The zero back room. room. That back room for no. sure. Saki would freaking tear it apart. Well, got to train your dog, man. Working on it. Fortunately, she's out like a light. And yeah, I'm not going to disturb her. So good. She's good. She's an angel. What else did you want to discuss from this season? Were there any opening segments that jumped out to you? Did Creed have any parts? So we learned that Michael can not only make French toast, but he can also make pancakes. So Michael's got paper company in an effort to get customers out, have a pancake luncheon, and Creed is not a fan of these. So I have a favorite Creed moment. <laughs> these are terrible, boss. <laughs> you have to cook them in a circle so they cook evenly. And then proceeds to take a whole bunch out of his jacket. <laughs> I don't want these. And then Meredith takes them. <laughs> I know they were in his jacket. <laughs> oh my fucking god! One of my other favorite Creed moments from this season is when Michael decides to take a personal day after the Michael Scott roast. He oh, sends yes. a text to Pam and says, "Personnel day." And Creed says, "Give it up, he's dead." And Jim's like, "Well, he just sent a text." And Creed's like, "What's a text?" <laughs> other creed moments for me i live near the quarry we should hang out and throw things down there <laughs> <laughs> he leads such an interesting life i can't wait to do our little side bit on him and he also tells kelly that she has a great ass which okay <laughs> everybody has a thing for kelly apparently who doesn't have a thing for indian women He's also appalled when Dwight is pregnant and giving birth in one of the opening segments. <laughs> <laughs> He's squeezing it out, and it turns out it's a watermelon that is covered in butter. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> I think one of my favorite opening segments from this season has to be when Michael rolls up, and he's listening to Lady Gaga. Just dance. <laughs> he turns it down, and he goes, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Again, getting the artist completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't park for shit. <laughs> no, yeah, he has all that room. And he can't pull it in. And then he ends up pulling the car very evenly between those two other cars in the parking lot. So apparently he can park pretty well, just not parallel park. And he drives a convertible PT Cruiser. That's right. I don't know what happened to the Sebring. He ends up getting the Sebring later on when the Michael Scott Paper Company gets bought out. He gets the Sebring back. He gets his convertible Sebring. We see Stanley okay. dig into it early on in the next season. Yes, he'll tear it apart. We will discuss that sooner or later. I think next week we got something interesting cooking up where he might have a guest coming in next week, right? Hopefully. That is confirmed. We are going to talk endometriosis. And other health concerns, like my surgery. And God knows what other ailments you have. Jesus. <laughs> Mine are mostly skeletal. It's the healthcare episode on Catch the Sky podcast. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to it. I do want to give a shout out to Arthur Fonzarelli, a.k.a. the Fonz, Henry Winkler, as a salesman comes in to try to replace Pam for a phone answering machine. And Jim pretends to be Michael Scott. Michael Gary Scott, and instead of saying something, just proceeds to go, hey, 
And so, <laughs> shout out to the Fonz. There is a bronze Fonz statue in Milwaukee. If you're ever there, you have to visit it. I'll be sure to write that down on my list for next time I go on my travels. Or next time you're eating chili. Oh my God. The episode <laughs> where Kevin brings in the chili and spills it all over the place is definitely by far my favorite opening segment. I'm so glad you mentioned that before I forgot. When he drops it all over the place and tries scraping it back in there. <laughs> Timeless. Timeless. There's so much good stuff that we probably don't cover about season five, like Hillary Slank or... All the number of costumes that they wear. Well, hopefully people will start giving us their feedback. You can do so on Twitter at CTS Terry or on Instagram and Facebook by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast and giving us a like. Be sure to share with your friends. You can subscribe on pretty much any major podcast provider by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. Episodes drop every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up this week? Hillary Swank is hot. Agreed. Have a good week, everybody. Keep trying to catch the sky.